Hello everyone, welcome to the Shine a Light On series. Today we'll be shining a light on why productivity is overrated with Mashiat. Welcome Mashiat. Hi, thank you Mariah. Um, thank you so much for having me today. I'm very excited uh, to get into the nitty gritty of productivity. Yes, me too. Thank you for being here. And to start, do you mind just giving us a brief introduction to who you are? Yeah, sure. My name is Mashiat. I am based in Toronto right now, but grew up in a bunch of different places, originally from Bangladesh, but lived in the Middle East. And then I moved to the U.S. for college, and now I'm in Toronto working for a U.S. company, which is really interesting. I work in crypto. I am actually a crypto researcher for the innovation team at Celo, which is a mobile-first platform for cryptocurrencies. And we are basically building out uh, real-world applications to bring the power of crypto to underbanked and unserved areas around the world. And yeah. Yeah, beyond that, I also run a South Asian magazine on the weekends. It's called Jory. And uh, we are essentially developing a platform, a multimedia platform for South Asian diaspora folks and voices to amplify those issues and concerns, uh, being part of the South Asian diaspora myself. Previously, I used to work as a product manager at multiple startups and also worked in product at a boutique tech consultancy in San Francisco right after college. So kind of got my exposure to hustle culture from working with a lot of different startups in a short amount of time. Definitely. Thank you for sharing. And I'd love to broadcast your magazine because I saw this as I was looking at your profile too. I'd love to share that also as we share your profile if you're interested. It looks amazing. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think like the people that we showcase are from the South Asian diaspora, but I think a lot of the issues that we talk about are definitely things that Gen Z's from all different backgrounds experience. So I would highly yeah, recommend it to anyone who is like Gen Z or Zillennials or Millennials even, you know, we talk a lot about activism, even like indigenous issues that are coming up considering that yesterday was like indigenous day and then also we talk about music entrepreneurship so it's a really cool place to meet a lot of cool people very cool nice okay thank you for that side elevator pitch there very excited to chat about this mm -hmm. topic with you today i think this is very important and so let's just start with what sort of patterns or experiences have you observed in your own life or lives of your peers about productivity that lead you to believe it's overrated? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I've like, I've become an expert veteran in burnouts. <laughs> I feel like that's how I look at the chapters in my life. Like, oh, okay, I burned out in like January 2021. That was a chapter. And <laughs> now let's move yes. on to the next one. And to be honest, like I haven't myself fully gotten out of this toxic culture either. I think that I'm still very much in it, but I guess I'm trying to just manage it. So just kind of wanted to give a preface to that. In terms of like patterns and stuff that I've been exposed to, well, I went to college at UC Berkeley, which was, it's a great university, but unfortunately like hustle culture and overworking and overstudying yourself to basically death is a big part of it. People would definitely brag about the amount of sleep that they would get, you know, like, oh, you did like four hours, I got like two, or I got like one, you know? And I don't know, like, I think I kind of bought into it as well when I was like a student there. And I was like young and very like malleable. And I know I work in crypto and I got my start in crypto when I was in Berkeley. So I joined the Blockchain at Berkeley Club. And there was a semester where 
on top of my four or five courses, I was also like doing big leadership roles at this club. And so I would essentially just like sleep only three hours. And I did that for like an entire semester and I completely burnt out by like Christmas and had like severe anxiety and all of that. And it's really frustrating that I kind of bought into that because a lot of my peers were doing it. A lot of the kids and like, you know, the CS courses, they tend to do it. And part of it is the competition, the kind of edge that it gives people, right? Like to say that, hey, I only slept X hours. But I think a part of it's also like the structure of education. I think the way education and universities and colleges are really structured are crazy. Like, you know, you have 15 hours per week worth of stuff. And then if that person wants to, you know, get a job or like apply for an internship or like go even to grad school, they also have to have extracurriculars and the extracurriculars themselves are extremely demanding. Like many of the clubs expect you to basically put in 20 hours a week to Mm -hmm. do a specific kind of contribution. And so I really think that the system that we're in really needs to change and it really causes a lot of these things from an early from an earlier standpoint even before a student enters the workforce through my kind of stints as a pm for like the boutique consultancy and then also just for various startups i mean hustle culture is crazy the last startup that i was at they were great people it was a great team but like the ceo was like sleeping 3 to 4 hours a night you know and like i don't think people realize and especially people in positions of like leadership realize the amount of influence that they have in a company because if that's the standard that they're setting then mentally for the rest of their teammates and employees that is the standard it becomes the standard that okay if my ceo is putting in 3 to 4 hours i should be doing that too you know i should be overworking myself because i'm not contributing enough So Mm -hmm. I think that that was also something that was something that I definitely noticed. And if I was a CEO and I was putting in like, you know, three to four hours, I would also kind of in a weird way, I would kind of demand that as well, like in the way that I would work with my peers, right? So like, I guess like if I'm imposing myself a crazy workload, I would also impose a crazier workload and crazier deadlines on my mm. on my employees and my teammates because that's how I think, you know, my company should meet deadlines and I definitely saw that as well in where like the inability to have empathy for teammates or the inability to even have boundaries with yourself which led to a lack of boundaries with others was also like a big issue. Also just the media, right? Like I love motivational videos. <laughs> I watch a lot of productivity YouTubers. But there's like these, you know, Gary V videos and stuff like that. Some of them are really good, but also some of them are just like kind of borderline toxic. Like, you know, this idea that you can become an overnight success or that we are completely unstoppable and that human beings have no limitations or like, you know, that we have to be competitive and we always have to be like looking for the next trend. And we always have to have our hands in so many different potholes. I think that those are some of the things I'm also seeing, like being perpetuated by the media, which is kind of worrisome, especially for the next generation. Those were all great points. I was taking some notes as you were going along, because I think you hit the nail on the head in a lot of different sectors of our society. And going back to the education piece, actually, you mentioned that essentially the education system needs to change. I agree with you on this. I also agree with you. Everything you do as a student takes time. Even if you're a part-time student, it takes time. But clubs can be full-time jobs some weeks, honestly. And a lot of times, I think leaders at institutions don't even realize how much impact their clubs have on 
retaining students and also getting new ones. I would love to hear your thoughts. Can you elaborate on your thoughts and ideas of what you would like to see change? Like in a perfect world, what would the education system look like in terms of productivity and burnout? Yeah, I mean, I think that given that we have like a semester to do, you know, X amount of courses or like we have a semester to cover X amount of curriculum, I think definitely professors need to have a hard look on like students' lives, right? And and students' needs for to make time for extracurricular, to make time for sleep even. I think that's like the base layer, right? And I think a lot of professors don't account for that. They also don't account for the fact that if a student in the CS department is taking one CS class, chances are they're taking other technical classes too. It's not like they're only taking one difficult subject. They're probably taking two or three because they're trying to get their credits in. And so being a little bit more mindful that, you know, this is the data of like students from the past years, and this is their type of workload. This is what we've kind of, you know, seen in terms of the way students don't have time to just live and and be, mm-hmm. which I think is a whole other thing that is like kind of the underlying philosophy of toxic hustle culture. Yeah, I definitely think like professors are extremely outdated and they need to start like gathering data and they need to start really looking into that data and applying it to their curriculums for the next semesters going forward. Like I personally think like, you know, if a student's taking a CS course, first of all, like let's look at the curriculum and cut it down a little bit. So it's only like five to 10 hours of work per week. And then let's keep in mind that, okay, like how am I going to distribute the assignments and stuff like that such that it is manageable for that student because that student is probably also taking other technical courses and difficult mm-hmm. courses as well. And and probably like doing clubs and research labs and all that stuff and, and trying to get into, you know, a fellowship or yeah. like an internship. Professors do have like a responsibility on that end. Unfortunately, like a part of it's also the way the workplace and internships are also set up, like the level of competition is just Mm -hmm. crazy. And it's almost like, you know, to get that Goldman Sachs internship, you have to like have cured cancer, won a Nobel Prize, you know, like, and then, you know, you still don't get it because like your presentation wasn't that great. And it's just so crazy how high the standards have become and how we compare ourselves to past generations who have become like top level execs at these big companies when the competition was not, anywhere close. And so I don't know, like, I don't know how to necessarily change that. I think a lot of that comes from leadership and executives at the top of these workplaces as well. And unfortunately, I don't see enough of them also addressing this kind of issue. Like, when I read biographies of like, Tim Cook waking up at 3am and answering emails for like three hours, it's like, "Mm, okay, I don't know what to feel about that. Or like Jack Dorsey, who like wakes up at four and then walks like 15 miles to his office. That also like, I, I don't know how that is feasible. I think we idolize CEOs a lot. And I think like, you know, everyone wants to be as successful as like Tim Cook and Jack Dorsey. But then when you look at the lives that they lead, it makes me wonder like, are they doing that by necessity or do they truly enjoy that? I mean, if it truly makes them happy, that's great. But like also, I don't know how possible it is for a regular person to do that. Like we have yeah. so many things going on in our lives. Some of us have kids and some of us have other responsibilities that we have to take care of. And and I don't know, I don't, I feel like a productive life. There's no such thing mm-hmm. as like a quote unquote productive life. Like your life can be productive however you define it. And as long as you're achieving your goals in a sustainable manner, 
I feel like that's what should be considered productive. Perfect transition to the next question. What are some steps that people can take to help them reconsider what they use to define the word productive or how they define a productive day so that it's actually a manageable day and they don't burn out by the end? Yeah, believe me, it's like the golden question. Yes. I think understanding how much your definition of productivity is actually serving a capitalist society and the 1%. That's actually very important to recognize that. Understanding that you're a human being, like you are not a machine. Like if you feel like crap, but if you feel like crap, like a particular day, that's totally normal. Like you don't need to beat yourself up for it. You don't need to like, you know, do extra work the next day, you know, to overcompensate and stuff like that. Like you are allowed to take breaks you are a human being like, you know, you can, you're allowed to have good days and bad days. That's just our nature. Like, yeah, some days our bodies are not feeling up to it. Some days our minds are not feeling up to it and that's totally okay. And it's just a signal that we need to just take it a little bit slower and honor that. I think when it comes to a manageable to-do list, some great tricks that I've learned is number one, like energy tracking. So like, instead of looking at like, oh, this is how much I'm going to get done like today. I kind of track like my energy like throughout like a week to see like, okay, like Mondays, like I'm very high energy. And then when it comes to Wednesdays, like that's when it's like very low. And then Thursdays and Fridays, there's like a recovery stage. And then planning my week out like that. Also just energy tracking like throughout the day. Like, you know, if you are an early morning person, you probably have like more energy in the mornings. So then you could do like more high energy intensive tasks during that time. And then wind down as the day progresses. Or if you're a nocturnal, you know, more of a night owl, then you can kind of uh, design your day a little bit on the reverse end where you start off a little bit slower and you do more intensive work um, towards the nighttime because that's when your creativity is at the most. So designing your day for you, that's really important. Looking at your long-term goals, right? Like how much of these goals are fueled by noise that comes in from the outside world and how much of them truly are going to make you happy and truly are going to impact your life in the long run? And following on those, like, and, and like one of my long-term goals is to save up enough money to get like an X pair of shoes and whatnot, right? And maybe that requires some sort of intensive work on that end. But that's not for everyone. And unfortunately, like social media is such a good marketing tool and is such a persuasive marketing tool that it makes us believe that, okay, like if this influencer, if this person has this, I need it too. Because, you know, because I need it to, because it's trending and I need to be trendy, but not, not because it actually fulfills me and makes me happy. So I think those are just kind of some important things. Another good thing is for like Wemexen um, folks who may be experiencing like a period cycle or just like a menstrual cycle. One good thing is learning how to work with your cycle, like tracking your energy levels throughout your cycle, which is like a one month cycle. And then looking at your like monthly workload and, and dividing it up to that. I think that's like has been so phenomenal and transformational for me and I think this is the core of it all right like you have to learn how to give yourself like validation and love despite the quantity that's on your list if you're unable to give yourself validation for just existing then you will not be able to give yourself like validation 
no matter how many things you cross off your list. Mm -hmm. And that's something very fundamental to remember. Like, I don't think it's the list that's the problem, right? I think it's the fact that we're just so ingrained to seek validation externally, whether it is through physical objects or whether it is through like being in this rat race. Just the act of being in the rat race in itself give fuels us that we forget that our existence is in itself like enough and that we are just worthy because we exist, because we're on this earth. And that's something that is very crucial to understand, I think. I think the last thing is just like, not every task is created equal. Like just because somebody did like 10 tasks one day and you did one, like that, the one task you probably did is going to be more impactful to your life. It probably took a bunch of hours, you know, like it's probably a really big project. And so like, make sure that, you know, you account for that and especially break down your tasks. Once you break down a task into smaller tasks, you'll actually see your to-do list like expand more. And I think that'll also make sure to like, like in your head, it'll, it'll mentally prepare you to like not over, oversubscribe yourself mm -hmm. with like tasks, which is another thing that I always do. Like I always overestimate what I can do in a day. Yes, me too. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly a struggle. Like, ugh. and I like, I play myself every single day. <laughs> like, <laughs> Unfortunately, me too. Me too. Thank you for that answer. I mean, everything you said was a highlight for me and listening to you say that, but I love this idea of designing the day for you. Like if you're a morning person, try to do things in the morning, especially if you're a remote employee and like have that privilege, then it's so easy. It's easier these days, I think, to really yeah. have your nine to five whenever it makes sense. I love your comment about long-term things because little things that you do every day contribute to who you are long-term, which is hard to think about mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis. But I think that's important. And then obviously, one of the last points you said about how just existing, it, it sounds so fluffy, I would say, but it's true, right? Just existing and appreciating yourself at, at that level is critical, I think, to appreciating anything that you do or do not cross off your list it kind of reminds me of like any fitness journey right if you yeah. want to lose like 100 pounds you kind of you have to love yourself enough when Absolutely. you're plus 100 pounds to be able to even do that if that makes sense yeah. so I really like that point it makes you realize like this part of the reason why we participate in hustle culture is of course like unfortunately we're kind of forced to right if we want to survive in this world but also part of it is so much fueled by a lack of self-worth that we are made to feel such that like we are conditioned to participate in hustle culture like we see no other way which is very frustrating you can do all the tips and tricks in the books, right? But like, you will always oversubscribe yourself. You will always try to chase the next thing if you can't be fulfilled and accept yourself for just existing. Yeah, like, yeah. and you're so right. Like, yeah, with the whole body acceptance thing, like I'm also on a fitness journey and I'm not where I want to be, but I'm just, and like, there are days where like my mind thinks of the worst things about my body mm -hmm. and where I have to just be like, no, like, we're going to love ourselves right now. We look great. And, you know, like, we're okay where we are. And we're going to get to where we want to be. But we are not going to beat ourselves down yes. to achieve our goal. Definitely. Like, the journey is going to be much more loving. Yes, yeah. a loving journey. Not love yourself when you get to the goal, but throughout the whole the whole way. 
Oh, yeah. Away. And honestly, like, that's such a difficult mindset to unlearn for me because, yeah. like, I am such a – like, I've been – brought up to be so results oriented that even when I set goals for myself like for my body it's like oh yeah like when I am like you know x pounds I and when I look in x way I'm gonna get myself a new thing and I'm gonna Mm. reward myself and I'm gonna you know say nice things to my body it's like it doesn't work that way you know (laughs) once you start uh, saying crap to yourself you're always gonna say crap to yourself like yes I agree before I move on to the next question, I did want to also say I love your point about like menstrual cycles and sort of preparing a month's worth of work based on that. I have never heard this tip before, and now I'm going to tell everyone I know about this. <laughs> so thank you for that. Oh, yeah. There are so many great videos on it. It's kind of crazy. And I think like once you try it out, you'll actually see it also coincides with like and you can say this is super fluffy and weird, but like it also coincides with the lunar cycle really? and like the full moon and the new moon. And it's really interesting because like on the full moon, it has been statistically proven that on the full moon, like people's, you know how the full moon like does the yeah. tides, like uh, changes the tides of the ocean and stuff like that. It also affects like human beings, emotional capacity oh, wow. and stuff like that. So on full moons, we are actually more riskier, more crimes are committed. Investors take riskier bets. So you'll see like your energy go up and down, like with the cycle (laughs) and the lunar cycle as well, which is really cool. Like it just brings a whole level of connectedness to the whole thing. Thank you for sharing that too. I think you kind of covered this in the previous question, but in case you want to add anything, please feel free. Mm -hmm. Actually, a little bit of context from one of your previous answers about CEOs who work a lot and it kind of like creates a culture and then people on their team also want to work a lot. Even if a CEO or a leader were like, hey, I am empathetic. I know no one says, no empathetic person like says this about themselves, but assuming they are an empathetic person and they acknowledge burnout exists and they say like employees, like don't overwork yourselves. There will always be, I think like a competitive nudge sometimes in people to like overwork anyway, or at least overwork more than the person next to them. And then that like piles on. And so it almost feels inevitable to me that people will participate in this toxic hustle. So I'm interested to hear from you how you could convince someone who's in that state of mind to sort of scope down their to-do list in a day and stay human. Yeah, I think, again, it like goes beyond the to-do list, right? I think it, again, goes down towards like that individual's deep need for something if that individual is still participating in toxic culture, and this is a really good question that like one of my life coaches asked me every time like I would do something that would be toxic, right? Or like I'd continue in a pattern that is unhelpful for me. Habit or like a pattern that human beings engage in, whether it's good or bad, always serves us in a particular way. So I think I would particularly ask that individual, like, how is this serving you? Like the fact that, you know, you're not getting good enough you know, you're not getting seven hours of sleep, or you're not taking Mm -hmm. your meals properly, or you're not putting in time for activities that you enjoy, or you're not rewarding yourself. How is continuously overworking serving you? I think that the answer to that will make that individual realize that individual is probably doing more harm to their body 
than actually, mm. you know, than helping their body or helping even their legacy or whatever they're working towards, like their finances or their goals and whatnot. So I think that's like the number one question that I would ask them is kind of ask them a very introspective and deep question on how this particular action and pattern um, is serving them. I feel like in our kind of culture, we're obsessed with like age, right? And like, I don't know if you notice this, but like, you know, yeah, like Forbes 30 under 30, Forbes 40 under 40, like as if life yeah. life ends after 30 or 40. And like, you know, none of right. us, we become shriveled beings who can't achieve our goals at all. Like, Hmm, I don't know about that. These weird milestones and the way we reward people is just so arbitrary and, and doesn't really make sense to me. Like, it's nice to have. Sure. I would like if someone wanted to put me in Forbes, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not gonna, <laughs> gonna like argue. But also, um, I think it also fuels a lot of um, these type of behaviors in where People want to be millionaires by 30, right? Or people want to have a house and they want to have a yes. car and they want to have X, Y, Z, which is very hard to have in, in the state of our world right now, especially for Gen Z. Most Gen Zs who work, you know, average jobs will not make enough money to get a house before they're 30. That's a reality. And that's something that we have to be okay with. And we have to take age out of this thing. Like, I understand that a lot of people are just like, oh, I got to work in my 20s, you know? And I get that to some extent because it's, because in your 20s, you're pretty young and you're in great health and your parents or like, you know, your families are also in relatively good health. So like, you know, you don't really have those many responsibilities and stuff. But also like, why would you sacrifice your physical health, your mental health in your 20s? By the time that you're 30 or 40, you can't even enjoy like the exploits of your 20s, right? Like, that doesn't make sense to me either. So I think it's also about making sure I'm putting it into perspective for that individual. From the times that I've burned out, which has been like quite a few in the past two years, um, and I like work from home definitely didn't help under those circumstances. But I think a lot of it also came to like setting boundaries with myself. I can set boundaries with others. If I don't set boundaries with myself and how much I work, then how can I expect to set boundaries with others? I think that's also something that I kind of learned. And so like being able to get to the root of why I'm really participating in this culture and understanding the long-term impact and the risk that comes from participating in it is something that I would strongly consider. Mm -hmm. But it's tough. I mean, like it's just, yeah, it's hard to like get people to change their minds. And that's the thing, you can't convince somebody. Like they have to they're going to have to convince themselves, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> get out of it. I agree with this. And I guess on that note, it seems like in order for someone to be in this state of mind, they need to burn out at least once, which everyone kind of does at some point these days. And then also reflect, you know, and be like, do I really want this to happen? Yeah. And that's where like people kind of miss out on sometimes, like after mm. they burn out, they take some time off. And then they like come back in and they just restart the whole cycle again. Yes. Yeah. How do you think we can prevent that? <laughs> the the cycle oh to repeat? God. I know that's a whole thing. I'm sure we could have a whole episode about that. But I think first of all, like in your reflection, think about what your long-term goals are and think about, do you need to achieve them by a particular time frame, or can they be more sustainable? Can they be done in a more sustainable way? The other thing is honestly, and this is a very 
important truth that a lot of people don't want to admit, they don't want to accept. And this is something that I also didn't want to accept. But this is something that my high school math teacher reminded me when I was 16 and when I had a panic attack in school because of overworking. And it was that, Mashiach, you need to understand that you have limitations. And it was a very difficult thing for me to hear. And it's a very difficult thing for many folks to hear, even in our 20s, even in our 30s, mm-hmm. as we want to, you know, hustle, hustle, hustle. No, like you have limitations. You're a human being. You're like a mammal. Like we have an expiration date. And so that means like even in our day to day, there's only so much energy that we can give to something. Understanding that, that is a very difficult truth. If you're in a burnout state, this is a good time to look back at like your previous sort of cycles as well, like looking at the patterns, looking at how you work, looking at when you tend to overwork. Because I think some of us, we are raised in a way to be very like avoidant of our feelings deep down, right? So like we push aside Mm -hmm. those issues by taking on more work because we don't want to avoid them. If we didn't have work, we would have to sit down and maybe journal and maybe take action towards those, right? And so a lot of times this is what I do is like when I have something that is kind of bothering me, instead of confronting that, I will take on more work to cover that up, to make myself more busy. And so I think looking at Mm -hmm. your patterns is also something really important. In the work from home kind of thing, more tangible ways to kind of start doing that is understanding like how balance can improve your life in the long term and making time for it, like scheduling it on your calendar. One thing that I do at work is I do a lot of DNS blocks, which are do not schedule blocks. So these are blocks that limit the amount of time I have for meetings, which is great because I think that's the bigger thing with work from home, right? It's like I'm working from home, but I got to get my work done and I got to do all these meetings at the same time, which leads to people to, you know, overwork and go beyond like the regular work hours and always stay online. So I think like doing the do not schedule blocks has been very helpful for me. Being very clear with expectations to your boss, like, A lot of us are very afraid to like, you know, be very clear on where we stand with work-life balance. And I think that's changing. I think remote work, like people are realizing, no, like, you know, I don't want to be working like all the time. Like I want to have some time for life too. I think like from the beginning, like, yeah, being able to kind of talk to your boss or your team leads, like, hey, these are some of my commitments outside of work. And these are some of the things that I would like to make time for. And if they are unable to show you empathy for it, well, maybe you can then make a decision that if you want to stay there or not. Uh, Yeah. And then uh, people uh, need to also redefine what relaxation means. I think people think, oh, relaxing, like it's a waste of time. It's like, no, relaxing is recharging your body and you need your body's like a battery, right? Like, can only run on empty for so long like you do need to recharge it you Mm -hmm. do need to take that vacation you do need to unwind and unplug and and have a routine around that you know like unplug by 11 p.m get into bed by 11 30 wake up at 7 you know have a routine around that about when you plug in when you plug out and that way you can also fashion your sleep routine around that which is also really important it's part of that whole recharging process yeah so Yeah, I think those are some of the bigger tips that I have for folks if they want to like kind of tangibly change some of the toxic culture from work from home. Lovely. No, thank you for that. And I guess one to add, which you mentioned earlier, just to go back to it is, you know, depending on the type of person you are and when you have the most energy, trying to move your meetings around or when you do work to those times of day could make you 
selectively productive, I suppose, in those little pockets of time where you know you'll put the work in. And that's the whole name of the game, right? Like, we're not machines. Like, we're just yes. not machines. Like, we we cannot work continuously at the same pace for X amount of hours. Yeah. No. Like, we will always have dips. That's just how our bodies are designed. And so how do we optimize for that? Another cool thing um, that I learned, it was coming back to the to-do list, right? And kind of combining that with, like, your energy. So like, let's say you wake up in the morning one day and you have like high energy, then your morning to-do list can be a little bit bigger. But then let's say on another day you have low energy and your morning to-do list, it's a little bit smaller than like your morning routine is basically smaller than your high energy morning routine, but it has all of the essential components. So even after you do them, you still feel accomplished. So it's basically creating, let's say you want to have a morning routine that accounts for your energy levels. You have three different types of morning routines, a high energy level morning routine, a medium one, and a low one. That way you still feel accomplished when, even when you're like not feeling a hundred percent. So that's also another hack (laughs) that I learned. I love that. I will be using this. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. But like, yeah, honestly, there's also some really great YouTubers like Rowena Sai. She's like really awesome. And then I think the Bliss Bean is also really cool. There's some really cool productivity YouTubers that like are able to be productive with balance, which I think is really mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Very cool. Thank yeah. you for those. And we've reached our last question. So do you have any last words of wisdom for anyone who is a toxic hustler or they feel a bit overwhelmed and unproductive or they just they know they're spending too much time working yeah like how is what you're doing serving you i think like that is a very key question to ask yourself because i think that's going to unlock all of your patterns it's going to un- it's also going to create space for new patterns and new habits and for more conscious productivity Wow, great. Perfect way to end it. Thank you so much again, Rashiat, for joining me today. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for hearing me ramble. (laughs) Oh my gosh, no, that was great. And to anyone tuning in, thank you for joining us. As always at Opal, we shine brighter together and we'll see you next time.